Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan Lennon, your host. And if this is your first Geekscape, strap yourselves in for some pop culture talk. Uh, I've been doing this show since 2005, 2006, talking to you online about comics. And uh, let's see, I've, I've had everybody from who? We had Stan Lee. We had uh, Simon Pegg. Felicia Day was very early. I think Felicia Day was like episode eight. I don't know. If you're just discovering Geekscape for the first time, uh, that's what I like to do. I like to talk to creative people about pop culture. What, maybe, they, maybe they're involved in video games. Maybe they're involved in TV, film. Maybe they're an actor or actress. Um, maybe they're just a fan like you. I loved last episode just hanging out with Angelica Trey and talking about Mario and video games and how she blew up on TikTok, uh, dressing up in cosplay and having some funny sketches. That's a really fun episode. And it's very review heavy. So if you want to know what we think about uh, everything from the Dungeons and Dragons movie to Super Mario Brothers and uh, more, that's a really good informational episode for you. If you want to catch up on some of the news and reviews that are going on right now, this episode is, uh, I previewed it last week. This episode I've been looking forward to for a while. I always love talking to filmmakers. As a filmmaker myself, I I just love talking story. Um, and I've got a great one. Adam Schomer is uh, a documentarian. He came to me through my friend Kenny. Uh, Kenny was in my running group. Uh, a couple years ago. And then Kenny just fi- found me on Facebook. I'm in my forties. I'm still on Facebook. And Kenny said, I got a story for you. Now, listen, people do that all the time. They're, they're always like, Hey, I got a buddy. He, uh, he's got a man cave. You should have him on Geekscape. I don't I usually don't have them on Geekscape. Uh, every day somebody says you should have this person on Geekscape. Um, ultimately I have to be interested. Like you'll be surprised sometimes somebody who, I've heard of somebody who's pretty cool. They're not right for Geekscape. And ultimately, it all just comes down to, can I talk to them for an hour? Am I interested to talk to them for an hour? Um, I do the show as much for you as I do for myself. Yeah, I have to. I've been doing this 16 years. And Kenny said, started out with, with the fatal fatal first words. Hey, man, I got, a, I got a guest for Geekscape. And I was like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Kenny is not a geek. Kenny's, a, I think, Kenny's like an accountant or something like I love Kenny, but uh, I was like, all right, uh, let's see who he suggests. I thought he was going to be like, there's this, I don't know. I don't know what he was going to suggest. The bagging guy at my grocery store, he keeps mumbling about Batman. You should have him on Geekscape. I I was like, here it comes. Instead, Kenny said, my friend Adam is doing a documentary. And I'm just going to send you the link to the film that's in production now. And the story behind it is incredible. It involves a family legacy. It involves um, 
all sorts of stuff. But it, it, but I, I previewed it last week by saying that this family, uh, Darren, who's going to be on the show talking about it, inherited his father's comic book collection. And he had a pretty tough relationship with his father. And I'll let him, I'll let him use his own words. But when, he, when this collection was a huge comic book collection of classic Golden Age, Silver Age comics, including one of the two highest rated uh, CGC graded issues of Action Comics number one. This is a three, four million dollar book. This is real money. And they're inheriting this legacy from their father, as well as this incredibly valuable combo collection. The, the, the Action Comics just is the top. Of the, that's just the, the big book. But there's tons of big books probably in this thing. And, you know, what comes with it when you... Um, when you when you lose a family member and then you inherit this stuff and you inherit this legacy is it is it financial is it emotional is it it's all of those things so we're going to we're going to pick through it and i think the movie selling superman immediately got my interest uh adam's here to talk about making the film darren's here to tell you the story behind the film of the family and the comic book collection we're going to get into it uh, so I'm really happy you're here. If if you think this is your thing, please hit a share button right now. If you're watching live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, and if you're listening to this on your um, drive, maybe at work or something, when you get to where you can stop and safely access your podcast player, hit the share button and send it to a friend and be like, "Dude, you got to hear this story," and I can't wait to hear it as well. Uh, I have Adam and Darren on the show to tell you all about it. Coming up, we're going to be talking all about selling Superman. All right, Geekscapists, um, let's get right into it. I've got um, Adam Shomer here. He's my buddy Kenny's grocery bagger who mumbles about Batman. I'm kidding. He's a filmmaker. He's made many documentaries. And I, you know, that's enough to get on Geekscape. I just love talking to filmmakers. But the subject matter of this current film, uh, it went straight to what Geekscape's about. It, you know, it's about pop culture, but it has a bit of depth to it. Uh, Adam, come on here and tell me about uh, I mean, how'd uh, you know? I love the grocery store so much. <laughs> I really do. I'll never stop grocery shopping. <laughs> so how do you know Kenny? Because Kenny uh, just sent me this Facebook. I was like, you got to have this guy on the show to talk about this movie he's making. And the movie sounds yeah, incredible. And- and real quick, it's a Superman number one, not Action Comics one. Just so okay, we're Superman totally number. It's guys, you got the big, you got the gist of it. Three to four million dollar book, I think. Yeah, insane, insane. And I, I, you'll find out later. I'm not like huge comic book nerd, so I, I when I heard those numbers, I almost you know. That was Adam, everybody. He was on the show. I'm kidding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he came, the second I said I wasn't into comics, he kicked me off the show. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, superheroes, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. Yeah, of course, right. Um, but. Uh, Kenny, Kenny was in my yoga class. I taught yoga a long time ago and that's how we became buddies. And Kenny, I, I think is a real estate agent. Uh, mm-hmm. so they're really always good at staying in touch with people, right? That's their business. Friends. Kenny, I'm sorry. I called you an accountant, real estate. It was something with, the, it was something like you had spreadsheets in there and, uh, stuff that makes real jovial, yeah, jovial guy. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I posted on Facebook cause I'm as old as you. 
and uh, he found out about it. I'm glad he connected us. Real, real honored, real honored to be here. This is great. Well, the story is just great. Um, I know we got Darren waiting in the wings to talk about his family story and this whole thing. But uh, how did you get involved with selling Superman? Yeah, it's it's one of the uh, calls you love to get as a documentary filmmaker, where someone says, "Hey, you know, similar, you know, can I be on your show?" Yeah. Or uh, I I got a movie for you. But uh, I love I love hearing people out, you know, because you never you never know. And in this case, Darren and I went to high school together. Uh, we played soccer together. He's a couple years younger, and we had been in touch more recently because of tech. He has a tech business, really successful man in the tech world. And um, he said, you know, there's something you don't, you don't know about me, and there's a 40-year family secret that really nobody knew about, a handful of people knew about. Um, a, my dad obsessively collected comic books, you know, for 40, 50 years, and B, he had Asperger's, and this just really wasn't talked about at all. And he said, my, my father passed and uh, has left me 300,000 comic books and a Superman one. And Adam, this, this could be worth three, three and a half, four million dollars. And, you know, my mind as a filmmaker immediately went to, you know, why do we value things the way we do? Why do we love superheroes the way we do? What's it mean to Darren? What's it mean to his father? And then, my gosh, then I, uh, I went home to Michigan, which is where we're from over Thanksgiving to be like, hey, let's, let's put him on camera and, and got to know his mom and his brother. And everyone is so interesting. The family portrait, his, his good buddy, Brian, who's been a comic geek forever, who had to painstakingly sit there and, you know, know all these books. He was one of the people that knew, that knew all these books were there. He was on the inner circle for 40 years. Just, you know, what's it allowed you to see that you had a cast of characters that could carry a film. Amazing, well. amazing, amazing. Cast of characters and a family portrait that just keeps uh for me jaw dropping emotional uh a father-son story mental health story and the underbelly of an industry it's really it, it's fun it's interesting and darren's been an open book i mean you know it's it's not easy to be in a film so always i always say hats off to him to letting us in on this what i think is a pilgrimage uh, to have to go through your your family legacy and a lot of pain and and in some ways be forced to uh to look at it all and grow you know? the family doc is tough you know when you look at the family doc specifically uh, you know, like you've got Sarah Polly, who just made a, a fiction a film about a, a real subject, but her first film was about like, hey, who's my dad? Remember when Sarah Polly made that film? And it's just like, and then I've, I've worked, I mean, I remember in undergrad trying to think about maybe doing a family film and just the idea of that lens coming in and showing people what could amount to dirty laundry. Yeah. It's very complicated. And like when, does the cinema Heisenberg effect come in where your subjects are being guarded? When does the, the presence of the camera change the subject to which you're trying to, to I'll, document? I'll, I'll tell you, it does. No, and, and, and yeah, I'm, full, I'm fully real to. about that. It has to. There's a, the fourth wall is broken. We're part of the story. And I, and I like that because that's more honest. Uh, we sure. are, we are, we are affecting his journey because it's, I love things that are real time. You know, I've done stuff where you're motorcycling through the Himalayas and I just love a doc that has an adventure that's unfolding as we go and we don't know the end. Uh, so in a way you are becoming a character as well, Adam. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're, we're part of it because, you know, I, I can't tell say everything, but we affect the, his journey in a, in a few dramatic ways, impactful ways. Yeah. Okay, uh, I, I know the film is still in the process of being created. Uh, Geekscapist, if you go to sellingsuperman.com, you can put your email in there. You can keep, be kept up to date with the production of the film, all that stuff. Watch uh, the trailer. Yeah, they can watch the trailer there, too. Watch the trailer. There's like a 10-minute video. There's a bunch of stuff up. Is there the 10-minute videos up there? Yep. There's a there. bunch of cool stuff on sellingsuperman.com. But let's get Darren in here. We're talking about the guy. He might as well be able to fend for himself. 
Darren, were your ears Are? burning? Yeah, no, I'm listening. <laughs> it's all true. And Darren, are you a comic book guy? Are you a fan? Or was this one of the things that, I mean, actually, I think talk about the relationship with your father, because that maybe, maybe dictated whether or not you were a comic book fan, if that makes That's sense. correct. Um, comic book fan growing up, no. Um, and as you'll find out more, you know, basically in this talk, and then of course, in the film, um, you, you, you'll, you know, the comics were associated with resentment. They were associated with um, hidden privacy, secretism um, in our home. Um, superheroes and the uh, stories behind them and what they meant, uh, very much a fan. Um, do I collect comics now? I do. And it's not just because of the collection, uh, but it's a way to you know share with, um, especially my friend Brian, who um, Adam was talking about, and others I've met along the way. You know, so I've, I've really understood that a lot of what makes this community is the relationships and a lot of those have been forged through this process but uh yeah growing up no um i had a, a disdain for them i mean they were not associated with pleasantries in our home you know my mother was extremely uh upset about how obsessive he became and you know we were talking about physical space i mean it started occupying room after room after room after room you know? sure and um People want to ask if he collected comics, and uh, he really hoarded them. And there's a huge difference, right? A collector enjoys what they have. They're proud of it. Uh, they may observe it, look at it, sh um, share it with others. They're Again, they're, they're, they're proud to usually, you know, say, oh, I just made this pickup or, you know, whatever. Nothing like that. No comic ever surfaced in our home. They were not displayed. They were not talked about. And I think something important to say right away is it wasn't just comics. You know, there's as many sports cards as comics, if not more. In this wow. Collection. The so value isn't quite film. the same. What's that? This film's going to have a sequel. Is that what you're telling me? Uh, like, have you been, I mean, wow. You know, you're talking to the guy on the other side right there. Um, <laughs> you know, I fully trust what he's awesome. done so far and what he thinks should be done. But no, the answer is there's such a depth. Uh, he collected books as well. Um, um, you know, rare books about the occult, uh, UFOs, um, you know, uh, World War II. Um, there's some stuff that was supposed to not escape Germany that's that's within the collection. I mean, it haven't even gotten. But the fact is that I know it exists. Yeah, yeah. and and at like Darren, how were you? I mean, how do you even get close to a, a man like that? As a, as a son, how do you have brothers and sisters? Did you all look I, out I, for I, each other? I'm uh, guessing, or well, uh, I have a younger brother that I more look out for. Um, uh, my younger brother Adam, he's a couple years younger. Um, he uh, he he has some struggles of his own. Uh, sure. he, he is uh, learning disabled in, in school and uh, lived with my father up until my father's passing. So the, the fact is that, that was very difficult, you know, um, as well. So, but no, it was just pretty much me, uh, in the sake of that sense. Yes. And your father, he, he had his, his illness was, he, what did you say it was? It was Asperger's? No. And, and, yeah. and, and how, and how debilitating was it? Does that make sense? Like, I think people function with Asperger's and Absolutely. they live fulfilling lives, oh, yeah. but this sounds like. I mean, when I think of hoarding, I also think about those emotional, emotion, it's an emotional damage, not just a mental thing. As Asperger's, I mean, I, I'm 
Geekscapes, I'm really showing myself to know so little about Asperger's, even when I, my wife is a social worker who works with people on, on the spectrum. Um, the, the emotional side of this with the hoarding, it, that seems like barriers being created um, yes. between himself and others. That seems like uh, someone trying to create defenses or at least distance between themselves and others. Well, here, here's what I said. I, I just talked about this earlier today in another, sure. in another setting this like this. And, um, you know, we're, we're not trying to paint a, a negative picture and, and even call it a disability. It's a, it's a condition, right? And, sure. and here's the thing. People live with all kinds of conditions, right? People that have, you know, uh, uh, suffering eyesight wear glasses. You know, people that, uh, you know, need help walking may have, uh, you know, a cane or something else. But it's recognized. It's realized and it's admitted. The problem with this story is my father never admitted his condition, ever, and he uh, was only passively diagnosed by us and through counselors that we would go to that he would sometimes be a part of to deal with some of that emotional damage that he was, uh, you know, putting us through. But he never, ever admitted that he had it. Uh, it would never seek any advice on dealing with it. So that was the challenge. It wasn't the condition. I want to, that, that's one of the biggest sure. things I can make clear is that, mm-hmm. you know, we've met several people along the way um, of this journey that, that, that have, you know, uh, somewhere on the spectrum and they realize it and they cope and they understand how to deal with it and work with it. We've even had one of the best stories is, you know, that Adam ran into someone at a con in San Diego that was dressed up as Superman. His girlfriend was right there. Her wife was right there, dressed up as Wonder Woman, you know, and and, and, and we're always gravitating to people that are, that are Superman maximus. Cause you know, that's, that's what we are sort of here. At least me. And, sure. um, and, you know, we started talking and he very, very early, um, um, volunteered. He said, listen, you know, I've recently diagnosed with Asperger's and I just like to tell people that. So if I do something that, you know, may seem a little bit off or, or, or whatever that, so basically he was, you know, being very aware of it and the fact that, um, he wanted others to know that if there's anything that could be taken wrong or somewhat that he was, you know, in advance, excusing himself from that, or at least, at least, you know, uh, making others realize it. And I think that's incredible. I've met several others along the way. Um, uh, there's this gentleman named Michael that I've, I've become close to that's that's very much on the spectrum, very aware of it, and he deals incredibly well with it. So that's not the problem. It's the problem of not admitting it, right, not dealing with it, not understanding the impact, like you said, that it has on others, creating these barriers, not recognizing that they're not normal, even when being told, even when being told how hurtful, even when watching my mom, you know, go through an incredible amount of pain with it and just thinking everyone else is off. <laughs> at that point the denial becomes abusive yeah sure if you want to name or it. i mean if anything it's it's you're just it's i mean the metaphor of superheroes who live double lives and the dichotomy of this denial is like i mean who that's the thing with superman is like super, super kal-el is who he is. Clark is the lie. That's exactly right. Clark is the forward facing public image of this person. And I'm guessing your father had a a public image as well that he had to stay conscious of, but the home was being filled with things. I mean, not just the home, but the home is a metaphor for the human 
you know, is is becoming cluttered and unmanageable after a point. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the tangible physical part. You know, again, sure. we could go on and on about and it. Was, and I love it. I love not, the subject. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a poor me thing at all. There's so many others that have, you know, varying circumstances with their parents. You know, different it won't be a poor me they, thing after you sell the collection. No, not at all. We were getting so yeah. serious. I had to make it. Down. I know. Right. I know. That's something we go into a lot, though. Right. Because, sure. you know, and it, to be to bring it back to that level of seriousness, you know, when you do things like this and you put yourself out there and you are uh, in news articles or, or you know, podcasts and, and, and YouTubes and things and the movie hasn't even come out, you are going to be a target for hate, jealousy, mm -hmm. trolls, uh, you know, uh, keyboard cowboys, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, yeah that's and what I call them, keyboard one of the cowboys. Things, yeah, one of the things that I've even been faced directly is, um, you know, people will be like, well, you know, poor you, but remember, no one feels, no one feels sorry for the rich guy, you know, and, and you know, such it's, funny BS. Story, it's, funny, yeah. it's funny stuff like that, because, you know, that's something else we try to talk about is, you know, I own three different businesses, I was, I was doing very well before any of this, uh, this doesn't change my life at all, I don't change my life one bit because of any of this, uh, is there monetary value? There is, is there a lot of people who are helping? There is, is there a lot of charities who are involved with? There is. Um, but the fact is that, um, it doesn't erase, you know, it, the, the, the monetary outcome of this in so, no way erases, you know, 44 years, um, while he was alive in my life, uh, of, 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 of experiences, uh, you know, sharing of things, treatment, um, and again, that, that spilled over to a lot of ways, you know, there was never any pride recognition, no empathy, you know, so that condition left unchecked can be incredibly dangerous for loved ones, you know, that it, where it's very, they're, they're very misunderstood of, of what it is, especially when denied, you know, um, because when he would deny it, it was like, well, okay, so you're telling me you don't, you don't, you have no handicap with this at all. And as well, your father, I guess you're, you're gaslit as you're being raised. Exactly right. So then I yeah. guess you're just a jerk because you're making us feel all awful and unimportant and insignificant. And so if it's not something you can't help, then I guess it's intentional then, huh? You know, and it well, was that kind it, of battle. The denial at some point is intentional. Would it not be? I would the say, word? I would say, I would say, yeah, he's saying the denial is intentional for sure. For sure. It, it oh, protect, well, yeah, protect, like, well, protect it, protect yeah. himself. Right. Your father. Yeah. Well, yeah, he didn't want to admit and see the, <laughs> the irony of this whole thing is he was a hypochondriac in so many other ways and health issues, but wow. couldn't be about here. You know, he would tell you all day long about his heart, you know, atrial fibrillation yeah. he had that was totally managed. He would tell you all day long about his four retina attachments. He thought he was going to die have. the next day. He had incredibly, yeah. uh, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, touch and go eyesight with the very advanced glaucoma that was unchecked as well in certain cases. So he'd tell you all about that. He'd get every single, you know, bit of sympathy out of those things. But if you talk about something that was like, well, dad, you know, emotionally, maybe you have, oh, no, 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 no. you guys are misunderstanding. Yeah. You're completely misinterpreting all this. So, yeah, that was kind of what it was. I mean, the comics were always, and the collectibles, I should say, sure. the collectibles were always talked about as something for later. And it was always later. Like an later, investment? Later, later. Or oh, we'll yeah, deal that with was it later. Like, we'll get oh, these no, out no, of our no. house later. Both. 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 Yeah. Uh, if you watch that, make sure you watch that Wable video. The Wable video, uh, the description of our custom Wable on CGC is underneath the trailer on SullySuperman.com. And I and I go into some of that, of, of how we tried to, you know, weigh the portrait of the story out in that Wable. And what a humbling experience for CGC to approach us like that. You know, you can do the best you can. But the fact is that um, he used to joke. 
and I talk about it in there. He used to joke that I'm like, you know, so dad, you know, you got a lot of stuff here. You know, what's going to happen later? And it wasn't about like, give it My to wife me. Is I doing no, it, it was like, well. hey, don't give it to <laughs> me. Don't give <laughs> right. it to me. Let's deal with this now. Have a plan, have a roadmap. Maybe we don't get through it all, but we can at least have a, a collective plan that is yeah, within your wishes, right? It's your stuff, not mine, nor do I want it. And I really didn't. And I don't. I still don't. Okay. And that doesn't mean that we just give things away. That's not what that means. It means that when you have the logistics of this situation, when you have all these comics, which are absolutely not in order, by the way, they're not in order. Still you don't go to a fantastic. Oh, God. No. In, in, in Geekscape, is, CGC is comics grading service, uh, is the comics grading co- company that, that goes and they bind these things in plastic and they lock in like really hard, not just plastic like bags and boards, but they lock this thing in and say, hey, if this is a, a 9.8, which is perfect, if they if they are 10 is perfect, but it, on a 10 point scale, if they, they grade your comics and like mm-hmm. most comics from the golden and silver age, I mean, those comics are probably ones and twos and threes, like they're ratty. They have, you know, they have coffee stains on them. They're missing pages. I pulled a bunch of Avengers comics that I grabbed at Pasadena Comic Con, and I talked about on my TikTok. And they're, they, you know, the coupons are clipped out of them. And I, and I, as I'm going through these that I paid a dollar for, just to have for fun and revisit the stories, I'm turning pages, and there's coupons cut out of these, and I'm laughing my butt off. Those are like zeros, and I don't know what those would be in CGC. But the comics grading, this company has been around a while, and they approached you, uh, Darren, or or. Like, okay, so how, how so many stories are Adam? Don't worry, you're not. We're going to talk about the film as well, but no, everything you said is extremely here. accurate. Um, and so the first thing to know is that not one article of this collection was graded on his passing, even though I had again begged him multiple times. I'm like, Dad, you got to get started on this. You know, I'll help you. I'll go down to Sarasota, Florida, where CGC is. I'll go to PSA, which is where they grade cards. Uh, you know, I'll help you. The logistics of it. We wanted to enjoy this as a family. We wanted to take part of it in a family. We wanted to have those aha moments. And my mother included at the time, you know, look through a box and be like, oh my God, look at this. You know, because he had so many and whatever that he wouldn't have even remembered what he had. Sure. Because he wasn't a collector. You know, a collector is someone, again, that is methodical and, and has a list and knows what they want and they have certain titles and they have certain you know genres anything like that maybe they just collect art you know as far as the artist checking a checklist in my mind like telling myself like which one jonathan are you a hoarder (laughs) (laughs) you're saying it i'm like uh, because i have this i I have my my storage unit in van nuys and it's it's comics and i'm like oh jonathan do you know what's in there are you a hoarder well and again i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm not advocating that you can't be an investor and then just put things away and just sort of say but what i'm trying to say is that he had no there was no methodical rhyme and reason to it okay he had he had stuff where he bought 150 copies of the same thing, 200 copies of the right. same thing, multiple, multiple, multiple times. Some of those things ended up being incredibly valuable because they were the right first appearances or they were the right this and that. Sure. The thing about this collection is the average grade of this collection is incredibly high. So when you're talking about those old gold and silvers, not our comics, our yeah. comics are beautiful. And the thing is, the reason for that is because he went and got them and put them in a box and never touched them, never looked at them, never anything. Ever he may not have even read them. No, may not. Did not read them. He, he didn't even no read way, the comics. No, no way. That's the greatest form, thing about ever. comics. Well, oh, who no. buys 150? You don't buy 150 to read them. Okay. Of course, um, you read yeah. one. <laughs> right, right, but right, he didn't right. even read one, is what you're telling me. No, no. He, he, I never saw that man read a comic book. In my so life. you're the only comic book fan, really, in the family. And it took you through adolescence and 
and I enjoy, I enjoy, like I say, the stories and, and I enjoy debating with friends. I enjoy sure. that intellectual piece of it. He did like that part in the beginning. Um, that's what kind of got him into comics. This was kind of the, the intellectual debate on some of the powers versus powers, but in the no. metaphor of it all, I think yeah. is like- he was not a reader. He was not a collector that way at all. One bit. Um, so yeah, CGC, is an essential part of um, determining the value of of the collection because without them graded, you can't really say for sure. Now, there are collectors that like raw comics that are not graded. And, and listen, I consider them maybe even the, the biggest purists. You know, they want them, they want them just how they're supposed to be, right off the rack, you know, untouched, ungraded. They want to, like you said, touch them, feel them, smell them, everything in the between. And that's, that's awesome. this guy. It's the truth. <laughs> the big, I mean, that's, big dummy that's cool. who's not going to make anything off his comics one day. And that's cool because the thing is that that's a purist. It's, it's for those reasons. But in our, in our, in our, and case, Brian's one of those too. His buddy's a yep. purist. He's yep. a raw yep. guy. He's a Batman 100%. guy. They go back and forth. Batman versus Superman, you know, yeah. Superman. Bri- Brian smashes, he smashes the plastic. You know, we have some fun in the film by doing that. Brian, you and I, we we can get along talking <laughs> comics, but I'm a Superman guy myself when it comes yeah, to Batman. Right. Well, you know, we yeah. tell Brian all the time, no one's perfect. It's fine. But <laughs> I mean, just look at Gotham. It's like, I mean, and then look at Metropolis. Like, there's a reason Gotham looks like a toilet. Like, hey, the arguments are on. No offense, but, Brian, and, and I, but like, no. that asylum, that asylum I, ain't exactly fixing people. That's true. If only there was a billionaire who could invest in the infrastructure of this city or like it's, I don't know, the the police. (laughs) These are good arguments we haven't heard yet in the film. Are you serious? Like, look at Arkham Asylum. Like, if there's anything for like socialized healthcare, like they're failing big time on that Arkham Asylum. It's like a clown (laughs) factory. It's like, what? Things are getting worse. These people are turning to the Joker for gigs because this billionaire is building (laughs) siege weapons after embezzling from his publicly traded company. What the hell is wrong with this? I'm in agreement. Thank you, sir. Thank yeah. you, sir. But the fact meanwhile, that, this alien know, could turn us into food is like, no, I will inspire them to be good by being good. That's right. And I was like, dude, Batman has a bad day. A bank gets robbed. Superman has a bad day. We, we become food for Mongol. Like, come on. Not comparison. Wow. There's no there we come go. On. Not comparable. Welcome to Geekscape. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Sorry about that. Geekscape. <laughs> Geekscape is the movie called Selling Superman. You can find more information at sellingsuperman.com. <laughs> let's let's get back to the movie. Uh, how long have you been shooting this thing, Adam? Uh, uh, let, let's say a year. Although you know, I mentioned uh, November twenty. here at Geekscape, so like we yeah, made November, a few docs here at Geekscape. They take a while. They take a while. November twenty one, we went and shot for a few days before the old house sold. So we got to you know get the family in the old house and see where the books were and all that. And then we picked it. Back up May of 2022, we really started filming. We've been filming since then. So it'll probably be a year of shooting in the end, and then uh, then we're going to post real soon. So mm. we should, you know, early 24, we'll be done. And, and our, our our friend Chuck, I haven't actually, never actually had Chuck on the show, but uh, Chuck is like a luminary. He's like a big personality in comics because he runs Mile High Comics, which is one of the major collection collectors in the United States and in probably worldwide Geekscape is they used to be at San Diego Comic-Con every year until it just wasn't profitable enough for them to bring the truck and, and go to San Diego from Denver every year, or Colorado. Ian Kerner, Geekscape is who you would know by being on Geekscape regularly, did sell off his collection to buy a house and uh, he got married and it was time to, <laughs> I've been married twice, I've yet to sell my collection, but Ian got married and sold his collection and uh, he sold it to Chuck at Mile High Comics and uh, 
And uh, Justin was on an episode or two of Geekscape. We're all chatting together. Justin's Chuck is Justin's father-in-law, I believe. And so y'all interviewed Chuck. I'm like two degrees removed from Chuck, who runs Mile High Comics, who's a big name in buying and selling comics. Because you see Mile, as a kid, you'd see these ads for Mile High Comics in Mm -hmm. the marvel comics in the you know classified it would be a big classified ad or those ads buying comics selling yeah. comics mile high comics it was the big name and it still is you see those ads going back to the 70s and uh you, you put them in the film who else is in the movie be, besides the people that are involved directly in darren's life and in the story yeah besides the family portrait um matt nelson cgc right uh, a couple of guys over at heritage at jaster uh historian mark heritage Zade. is an auction house geekscape is heritage yeah. auction too yeah. uh monty paul is a therapist um you know we just talked to temple grandin who she has autism and is an autism expert they made a film about her on hbo she was fascinating and she really also laid out the you know the kind of the history of how asperger suddenly got lumped in with autism and, and where it's different and where it's the same and there is mm. a big difference you know there's a huge difference uh to be honest. So that, that was interesting to talk with her. And she's, uh, again, if you don't know her, she's really an incredible person. She's changed the whole meat industry and um, talk about like what Darren said about just like using your difference for the best and, and, and learning what, you know, where your weaknesses are and just learn you learning. And she's big. She was a huge fan of Superman. Like she, she was like, well, he's, he's a moral guy. He's an ethics guy. He gets, you know, he's, he's kind of like the old school, like people need to work, roll their sleeves up and do good in the world. Like she was tearing up. Like she was really into this guy. It's a very um, immigrant story. It's like you, we came here with nothing but our physical abilities and that is all we can use. Whereas Lex Luthor is old money. And like, that's, that's why I think Lex is such the great foil for Superman and Superman is the physical, uh, literally an immigrant. Meanwhile, you got Batman across the river beating up poor people. Take that bum. I built uh, a tank. Else, and I was, <laughs> like, what? Of course they're going to work for the Joker. He's the one hiring. If only there was a billionaire who could give us jobs. He's beating up a bunch of poor people with crowbars. Like, stop it. And there's, a, a, there's a... Not a hero. <laughs> not a hero. I mean... Like, Bruce, I, that's your solution? <laughs> Come on. Bruce. I'll let you guys you guys can geek out on the Batman Superman. Sorry. But, uh, yeah, continue. Sorry. We, brought, we brought in some of Darren's friends to have like almost like a little mini reality show fight over that. because uh, we you know it is an emotional film, but we there needs to be time for levity to break that. Absolutely. It's, it's comics, you know, it's comics. So we have some fun with that. Um and the like the hatchback kid who's in the trailer that you know uh-huh. Darren met before we had started filming and um took a liking to, and he's he's such an inspiring kid kid i mean he's 20 24 but on his third kidney transplant you know and this guy is uh just bootstrapping trying to make himself a, a comic dealer and we love him to be able to follow and you know darren in some ways helping them and they're in some ways helping him just as a, a good story would be do and adam darren does the book get sold over the course of the film? Is that the story you want to tell? Because ultimately you ha- you're adhering to some form of an act structure when you're telling a story. Mm-hmm. No spoilers. Let's not spoil it here. But is is that we'll the see. goal in your life, Darren, is to sell the book? Is that your goal? And like, it, it really, let's talk about that Heisenberg effect. Are there times when, Adam, you're taking the lead from Darren on what the narrative is, but it's also Darren's life and mm-hmm. his family and he's dictating the lead 
at the expense of story for your film. How are you all doing that balancing act? And again, you are becoming a member of that, uh, a subject of the film yourself. Like who takes the lead on this stuff? It's, I will, well, I'll just jump in and say that um, it's real life, right? It's, it's Darren living his life, doing what he was doing. And at some point, maybe, you know, the film pushes a timeline a little bit quicker, possibly, right? You know, when, mm-hmm. let's, let's say, for example, when they first, no one knew about the collection. Darren already has things set up, you know, and he has these the the, the warehouse and the, and such set up, but people don't know. And you know, for the film, it's nice to be able to to cover that event of when he starts telling people. And like we had a whole, you know, we had to film the strategy meeting. Him and Brian talking about when we go, let's go to Comic Con in in Michigan and start talking to some dealers and see what we should start doing with this. And that's a big moment because now, now it is going to be out there and, and public and people know what you have and it's only escalated. But I think it's possible some of those timelines pushed up because hey, it's like, hey, it's Comic-Con. This could be good for filming. Let's let's do it. Um, and that's great because, I mean, or Darren can say if it's great or not, but, but you know, you, you, yeah. you force the narrative in some way. You push people to do things maybe a little out of their comfort zone which I say is great because I'm into growth. I make films that are consciousness and you have to have challenges in life to grow. And so, um, and if Darren calls me up, he knows he's not gonna, you know, get the run of the mill stuff. You know, I go to India a lot and I, I, I push the limits. And so I don't know, maybe Darren can talk about, you know, if he's felt, you know, pushed by the film at all. Yeah. Or ask for a timeout in that case and be like, yeah. Hey, like my family's just not ready for this, regardless yeah. of what the story needs to be for the film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have there been times, Darren, where you felt where you're like, "Oh, time out. This doesn't fit yeah. my reality." Oh yeah, big time. Um, but you know, what's been amazing is that you know Adam and I have grown as friends. You know, again, we we were separated by time and a little bit of age. You know, when, two years difference when you're in high school is kind of like a big deal. You know, back then and now it's of course nothing. You know what I mean? But uh, you know, then when it's and and you know. Um, so, you know, by coincidence, just some of the people that Adams brought to the table, um, like, you know, uh, one of the head uh, directors of photography has become what I would consider an incredibly good friend to me. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just an incredible human being. And um, I could call him right now and he'd drop what he's doing and he talked to me about whatever. And he's just that guy. He lived with me for over two weeks uh, when we were doing some filming. And I mean, he's just, you know, so while there's some of the push that's been a challenge that's been also, um, uh, you know, there's also been an introduction of some, some really positive people. Um, again, of course, Adam included and coming together more, uh, and people he's brought to the table. And then just, um, like Adam said, just some of the relationships we forged organically by going through it that have been an incredible support system. So I haven't been alone, uh, which has been massive. And, and there are times where we're all filming and, you know, there'll be a moment and that Adam is incredibly sensitive as a filmmaker. I mean, I don't have much to compare it to because my first one, but you know, I mean, incredibly sensitive to like, all right, this is a, this is a, a very important moment, moment emotionally for the film. But I also recognize that this is real and this isn't about the camera being on right now. So there, I, he's done a tremendous job for me in that, um, again, not having much to compare it to, but um, this is a very hard thing for me. Very. Because not only is it, making and we talked about this recently you know i did not have a good relationship with this man this my father you know and when he passed it in in no way was like i would describe it as a relief but it was a release a little bit where you know i wasn't constantly getting 
bombarded by his, you know, criticisms or so on, even though, of course, I had my own life and everything. And this film has, of course, kept it very alive and relevant right in front of me. While you also know, and, codifying it, regardless of what resolution you did or did not get. True. And so it's true. calcifying the the emotions mm-hmm. in a celluloid form in a permanent, like it's, it's really complicated stuff. It is. And, you know, and again, I don't, I don't ever want to come across as like, you know, boo hoo. Um, but everyone has their thing and it's their emotions and what they're used to. And, um, you know, I am a private person in other parts of my life. You know, I'm not one that likes the limelight exposure, you know, uh, our local paper, the Detroit free press, you know, did it, did a, did a bit on us and they got it because of heritage and we made a big sale there. And, um, and no, not Superman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers uh, that, here, Geeks Game, you're gonna. I'll spoil that one. No, that auction was not here. It was not Superman. But the fact of the matter is that, um, you know, it ended up going on the front hint, hint, it's the other guy you've been shitting on the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> right. They sold yeah, the Batman book. I can't yeah, even uh, look at this guy anymore. Exactly. exactly. Between the child endangerment and everything else he does, like, I'm sick of Batman. Right. But the fact is, there's no seriously. I mean, um, you know, all of a sudden, I, I get pings, you know, ding, 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 ding. And I'm, I was actually out of town at the time with Adam shooting. And I'm getting blown up by friends. They're like, dude, you're on the front page. And I was horrified. Yeah. Absolutely horrified. You know, where it others might be like, that's the coolest thing ever. You know, these and again, it's like. Are somewhere, these things are somewhere in a physical space. And they there's a security concern oh, well, with that, this that's collection. That's a whole other ballgame. Yeah, like, that's a whole other ballgame. Uh, Darren, your relationship with your father being distant and also some major semblance of disapproval is what it sounds like did it drive you to the level of success and i'm not saying that justified the relationship or the actions that he did or didn't take but it drove you would you say to the at least the business success that you found as an adult (laughs) do you still hear him you know i i wanna it's 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 just it's so insane because uh i literally had this conversation today and the thing is that um the answer is completely true. I've mm-hmm. been incredibly driven for a, a, a long time because I was ingrained with the fact that nothing is ever good enough. You're never going to get recognition or pride out of this person slash others. And um, yeah, that's been a very effective yet unhealthy way to, you know, uh, and I'm realizing that and having to uncover that. So not sure. only are you dealing with, you know, just the past and then there's the pressure and then the haters and then the trolls and then the people saying you're doing everything wrong and you're a greedy son of a bitch and you're not doing yeah. this right. You know, give you're it all away. your family you're, and this and yeah, that. Yeah, 100%. Like, and and your mother, mother she's the, you know, she's the worst person, which Get is insane. You know, well, well, right. Mm. It's easy to say that. But, you know, when you're when you're dealing with that in tandem with all the other emotional things as well, it's just a lot coming at you. And then you're unfolding like, wait, holy shit, this is the way I am you know, a little bit. And, um, whoa, I mean, it just, it can become extremely heavy. And, and sure. so the thing is that, um, there's been, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. There's been a few times I said, Adam, we have to pull the plug on this. You know, I, I can't do this. I can't dirty laundry. It's, in it's, front it's, of it's, the, oh God, public. it's reached that yeah. point. And, and I started asking myself, what the hell am I doing this for? You know, if it's not to be a household name, it's not to even have any fame. And, you know, last thing we need is to, you know, um, have everyone talking about us this way what are we doing? You know, and, and then that spiral of, of, of questioning. But then when you talk to people where they come up to you and they're like, Hey, um, 
I really want to tell you how special this is to me. And I want to let you know that, you know, this, this just, I don't know the film yet, but just the story in general has made me rethink how I collect and what impact it has on my family. I just had that at a con the other day, literally the other, this last weekend. You know, their and I had with their father or cor- mother, well, well, just, well, no, the other way it was, a, sure. it was a father worrying about how it's going to impact their kids. And if they're dedicating too sure. much time on their stuff, the collectibles versus going out and playing ball with little Johnny, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's, 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 there's that impact. Um, and then just the awareness of how damaging potentially, you know, some of these conditions can be if they're unchecked, unrealized and not admitted. Yeah, and Geeks gave us like this stuff that we collect, and Geeks gave us we do this stuff, whether it's vinyl records or comic books or uh, Pokemon, whatever, whatever we collect. Like uh, none of us get to keep it. At the end of the day, this this mausoleum that your father built, like you don't get to keep it, folks. You can't take it with you, and the only thing that that you leave behind are the stories people tell about you. Mm-hmm. And this is the story in a way that you were telling about your father. And Adam, when mm-hmm. you're editing this thing, as you're working your way through, you're probably editing the whole, you're working through the footage the whole time you're shooting and seeing where to zig and zag on the film and what to pursue and what dries up. Uh, I love, I love the process. Um, what, uh, how much input is Darren, able to give or is he are you you have to kind of still at the same time protect your film and your story and be a filmmaker or are you making the film with darren in that way this is how i I approach it uh number one i've always said hey darren your your pilgrimage is number one meaning like you and your life and your health and your happiness is the number one important thing so if this film ever has to sacrifice for your health that's fine you know, like, I don't care about an Academy Award or the blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, we have to be clear. Because I've done films, you know, some very sacred trips and people are very emotional. And you have to honor that first. And, okay, if the film isn't as good because of something, no problem, right? So hopefully that, you know, builds the trust and the allows someone to be more open as well, too. But then secondly, you know, and I was just at a, a conference uh, by documentary.org. I said just, but it was like probably five months ago. And they spoke about some people even having the character sign releases at the end of a film, not even before giving that much autonomy to, to people in a film to say, we want you to be okay with this because we're not exploiting mm-hmm. you, you know? So in, in that way, you know, uh, the way Darren and I work together, like, I'll be able to show him cuts and be like, you know, am I misrepresenting you? Or am I doing something that's going to hurt your family here or your kids? And I and I, I approached him. I said, I really don't want to film your kids a lot because that's not their choice yet. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to well, let's not put them in the limelight. I can get enough a little B-roll to show your dad. I don't need your kids, you know, and, and, and they're not really old enough to agree to that. So I don't think they should be on camera. Um and so that, I mean, that's how we, we get through it. Darren's been great. And in the end, you know, if something was just really too much, he, you know, he has the right to, to turn to me and go, this is, this is not working. I'm what okay a mindful guy, like from the yoga to the trips to India, to making movies that have impact and meaning, yeah. like you're, you're such a mindful filmmaker. Like, this is awesome. You know, I mean, the level well, of, for, if we're doing you can be very health, manipulative. We, as, as a yeah. filmmaker, I mean, you can shape the reality, quote unquote, reality of these stories. You can be incredibly manipulative in these things. 
and we've seen manipulative filmmakers, but I think when you get to family documentary, family documentaries are my favorite cool. documentaries because they cool. go to the core of our relationships with each other. And they're the, I think you can go and you can subjectively document something that at the end of the day, you made your film about it. You can put it in a box, you walk away from it. The, the strings don't follow you, but it's been a family documentary where someone like a Darren is involved. And again, codifying, calcifying this relation, the legacy of his father and himself in a sense, once the film is done, those strings are going to, those strands are going to continue. And you have responsibility here that you don't have on other things. And you're, I mean, you're a good dude, man. Well, I mean, regardless of what Kenny said about you, you're a good dude. (laughs) Well, uh, maybe that's where the yoga stuff helped. I'm glad I did it since I was Mm -hmm. 18 and meditating and such, but, uh, Teak not Can you levitate? I I cannot, but Yoda is my, Yoda is my dude. Okay. Um, Just had to ask, had to ask. Um, so I've always wanted had to derail the the conversation. It's it's a fair question. I mean, you know, and these people that do the bouncing where they say they're levitating as you I'm like, come on. They're there sitting these, down. They can bounce off yeah, their cheeks. Well, it, go look it up. It's kind of a, to me, it's a little bit. But wacky. it's like a yoga thing. It's like, I'm so enlightened that I can bounce. The the powers are just not what you're sure. seeking anyway. Right. But um, okay. but <laughs> that's part of my thing. I get to look at like what these powers we seek. And, you know, is this a, the mentality? Do the superheroes too many much focus on the powers? And does that have an impact on us? That's stuff I want to look at in the film as well. But um in terms of like Thich Nhat Hanh, this Buddhist, right? He said, yes, if we're making I a film him. about, if we're going to make a film about- I don't about know him, but the Vietnamese, yeah. Yeah, Vietnamese. So he said, if we're going to make a film about me, everyone that's making this film about me and mindfulness and such has to be practicing it. He's like, because then it's total hypocrisy. If you're stressing out making a film about, you know, mindfulness, he's like, we have to make the thing in the way it is. So if we're making a film that has, talks about mental health and we're making a film that does show growth, you know, then- then we have to live it. You know, I, if I'm asking Darren to have faith, I better have also faith too. You know, I can't manipulate. I should trust in the story. If I'm asking him to trust me, I have to trust what, that things will happen. What's incredible is my producer, Noam. Um, he's my filmmaking producer. He was best man at my wedding. He actually put out a comic book about him, about, I cannot pronounce his name to, for the life of me. And my therapist brings him up every week or so because... <laughs> You know, I don't have religion in my life, but I have some level of spirituality, probably Buddhism to a, little, yes. to a degree. And and this, I mean, and he died within the last year or two, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it's just yeah. like, it's such a great story. And my, and I'm over at my producer's house and he knows I'm a comic book person and I see these things lying there. I'm like, what is that? He goes, I made a comic book about him That's to amazing. tell the story about him. Oh, I yeah, I have out. one and I have one in, in, in my, oh, in cool, my, my bedroom. And he made a comic book. We should, I should connect you and Noam as a, just even as filmmakers. Geekscape is the one thing I want you to do for sure is go to sellingsuperman.com. Check out these trailers, learn a bit about Darren's story and the story that Adam's putting together with, with, with Darren. It's such a great story. It is so layered, which is why I wanted y'all to come on here and not just be like, so what comics you got? Yeah, because like right. I, that's you geekscapists know that's never what I want to do on Geekscape. I love talking about storytelling and the depths of it. Even if we just do it for an hour, uh, our good friend Don Nguyen, uh, just he he's on he's watching on Facebook and he's he's a comic creator himself. He's awesome. He says incredible story. Just wanted to come in and to say hi. Well, hi Don. I love you, man. Uh, Don has <laughs> helped me with storyboards in the past. He's an incredible 
a storyteller himself. And I love it whenever storytellers get something out of Geekscape and the, the conversations. I mean, I do the show, like I said in the intro, for myself to just meet people, hear amazing stories, which is what I love. And in uh, Geekscape is sellingsuperman.com. It's where you can keep up with this stuff and see where it is. I'm guessing you're aiming for some 2024, somewhere in there, you're going to release this film or put it all together. What yeah, a mountain of work. Yeah, Mountain Way. That's the fun part, though. Post production is fun. Mm-hmm. It's all fun because we get to enjoy the adventure. But yeah, in post, you really get to really piece these things together. It's a challenge. If it wasn't a challenge, we wouldn't love it. Well, and yeah, like twenty four, we should be in festivals. Yeah, the the quote unquote truth gets a like making documentaries. Whenever I'm making one, and it's like the thing you have to res, like. And maybe it's harder for Darren, who's not a filmmaker, but like. Maybe it's not. I mean, he can see it. He's Dan's a smart, but like the when you get that footage, and I, it's 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 true in fiction films, and sometimes the the, the there's no line between fiction and nonfiction films. But the yeah. quote unquote truth of it, when you get the reality of the footage together, the truth is gone. The reality is there of what you shot within the the edited frames that you chose to already. Yeah. I mean, when you point a camera, you're editing already, and you have truth. to find the truth in the broad stroke journey that the footage starts to reshape. So like in the editing is really where the truth, big, big quotes of your story comes back and where the real thing comes back to you. It's because it's, it's easy to lose it on the journey. And maybe that's life, you know, like maybe that's life. It's like, it's easy to lose (laughs) along the journey. You know, like what what did I, it's uh, one of the best screenwriting pieces of advice I got ever was, the first half of your script is a character pursuing what they want. And the second half of the script is a character realizing and pursuing what they need. And I said, Oh no, that's a midlife crisis. And I was like going through my midlife crisis as I was up in Stowe, Vermont at the story labs, like as a screenwriter. And I heard this and I was like, bro, like you're actually like in survival mode right now, trying to realize what you need for the rest of your life after pursuing simply what you want for the first half of your life and finding yourself bankrupt in a lot of places, Mm. not a bad person, just not satisfied Mm. and not fulfilled as your life. And I mean, film is a metaphor and that's why we love it. Right. Darren, we're going to get you to make a movie, man. You're you're in now. You're in bro. You're living with, (laughs) you're living with, you're living with a cinematographer. (laughs) <laughs> no, we're in. And honestly, if I if I if I didn't know Adam and I had not seen his prior work, um, and and known how he just you know, or at least had a lot of faith in how he approached it, I would never agree. So again, you know, that's just hats off to him, hundred percent. And um, you know, he's right. I mean, this this has been a therapeutic process. It's been very hard, but um, you know, he's he's always been there to you know reach the hand out and pick me up. But you know, so have others too on it, and. Um, we just hope that people realize this isn't, you know, just about a, a collectibles, you know, and it's about, it is about meaning and it's not just, and, and definitely not just a money grab, you know, um, and, uh, take that star Wars yeah. Jedi three, eight, four, wherever, maybe through some mud at you on the internet. Like it's so that is so awful. No, no, no. It'll yeah, come. It'll come. It'll come after. It'll come no matter what. Yeah. I, and I'm, I'm fully yeah. recognition of that. But you know what I've always said is, understand us and then hate. Yeah. Don't, don't hate before you understand. I think that's why there's, there's a t-shirt. Ask. Who has this t-shirt? Oh, it's us. Don't hate. Do create. 
Yeah. Don't our hate short, create. Our slogan is don't hate create. Like it's it's all energy expenditure. I looked up, I was like, oh, it's all energy expenditure. Like you can I can sit here on Twitter and fight this person, or I could just write somewhere right. else that's productive okay. and create something. Right. I can sit here in my anger and stew at somebody that will that will never give me back the energy I'm putting into it, or I can just create <laughs> something with it. You know, it's like it just it's not making sense after a while. Don't I hate love me. that you're going back to, you know, like you said, like the, the thread or the controlling idea. I knew the controlling idea pretty early in the film and mm. like what, you know, what we want to say. And, uh, and then you watch the universe kind of throw some things to make it cooler. And you, you just, just the film. <laughs> then the film is, is a, is a, it, it's a, it's an organism. Yep. You yes, know, like that's the coolest right. thing about it is like people are like, oh, you do, no, it's an organism. It, stories yeah. are organisms. And they're, and well, they that's just grow. it. You know, yeah. there's there's no roadmap for this, right? There's no mm-hmm. script. There's no roadmap. There's no, there's no, you know, if someone has a document out there that says, hey, if you inherit a, a million independent collectibles, here's what you're supposed to do. Please send that my way. I appreciate that very much. And um, that's just the, <laughs> that's just the surface version of that conversation without well, any talking about the emotional right. legacy or oh, any right, of that. Right. Like, well, yeah. That's what I mean. So of all course. we're doing is all we're doing is doing what we would do. And sometimes there's a camera there. Yeah. And that's well, really how I've told some people before. I mean, and that's really the truth. I mean, we're not, we're not actors. We're not making anything up. We're not making something more interesting because it would be more interesting. I mean, we're just, you know, well, except role. when I tell Brian, let's have you smash that, that CGC yeah. plasma. I'm like, let's yeah. do that like to the Beastie Boys in your head, you know, yeah. slow mo. But because we, you gotta have fun. You got a little the Nuke yeah. of the North there on them. Is that what you did? Like, go stand over there, wait for the camera, Correct. Put, all, put the whole cans on. Yeah, <laughs> but all that was is head. all that was is a personification of of, of what he feels already. The truth, right. the truth. Yeah, exactly. Is that Robert Clarity? Robert Flaherty, who would have his subjects like wait for camera and they're like freezing in the Arctic. Like, right. dude, are you that kidding right? me? Like, did you do that to him? You made him climb a. You, yeah, Robert Flaherty, Geekscape is Google it. Like, none of his subjects really turned out too well, but he was also turn of the century documentarian who was working in extreme conditions and it huh. got away from him. Um, Nunuka of the North, the original Marana. That's all it is. Okay, films school ever uh geekscape is selling superman.com can't say it enough i love this story i cannot wait to see what y'all come out with knowing that the story is bigger than the film ever can possibly be and True. but the film is what we will live with and i cannot wait to see it guys and any support you need from geekscape we're here for you thank and, you uh, maybe we'll see you in san diego comic-con this summer yeah you know a friend of mine was just talking about uh pitching a panel with us on it so uh i i i would and we revolve around mental health so i think we'll be there we will be there uh, too. I believe our pay, our booth is for the last oh, nice. ten plus yeah. years has been thirty nine nineteen, and I pitched oh, we'll a fun by. panel last week too. So uh, I hope to be moderating that panel at Comic Con too, and I'll tell you all about it once it gets accepted. And I hope it gets accepted because we have some fun former Geekscapist guests mm-hmm. on there. Uh, and uh, love you guys, Geekscapist. As I said earlier, uh, check out SellingSuperman dot com. Thank you so much, Adam. Darren for being on the show with me. I loved it. Pleasure. And, Pleasure. We can talk for hours, man. I know we can. And uh don't hate create Geekscapers if you learn anything on this one. Uh don't <laughs> hate create. And we'll see you next week uh with another I, I think I know who I have on the show. And I it's I Kenny. Gotta lock it? It up. It's I Kenny. gotta lock it up. <laughs> Kenny would be great. <laughs> uh, well, I, I I'm going to I, I I think I know who I have coming on the show, but I have not confirmed it yet. But 
she's awesome and uh she would be a great guest and she wants to do the show so we just have to find the right time oh, to do i'll call it. brie larson i'll call brie larson so, i love brie larson and i love that stuff but uh geeks gave us see you next time share it with your friends leave us those five star reviews all like podcast stuff all right peace bye everybody you're listening to the geekscape network 